Hashtag Pistons Podcast. We're back. Better than ever. Not really, but we are back. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm your host. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore truck. Joined as usual by Mr. Koo Cahill. You can find him on Twitter at Koo Cahill MBA. You can watch his YouTube videos on YouTube at Koo's Ballroom. And obviously he also still writes for Detroit Bad Boys, as do I. You were also writing, is it uh, Clutch Points app? Is that you? Uh, yeah, but not as much anymore. Okay, so yeah, everything's kind of scattershot right now with how you know everything is. But yeah, you know who we are. So um, we'll probably talk at least a little bit about um, the potential for games to start back up a little later. But um, the main thing is the Pistons are going to hire an actual GM, which was reported what two days ago. Um, also, just for what it's worth, so the last time we had a pod, we were like, yeah, sounds like the season's going to be ended, so we're just going to go into end-of-season stuff, and then, like, two days later, all that got kind of thrown into uncertainty, and we're still kind of there. It sounds like they're probably going to play out the season, but it's it's kind of between whether or not it's going to be the regular season or straight into the postseason, so we're probably going to kind of hold off on that still yet um, until we hopefully get a little more clarity, but... Anyways, um, general manager position. So it was reported by Woj and Shams. I don't remember who did it first. Uh, that the Pistons are going to get an actual general manager. Ed Stefanski and Arn Tellum are leading the search. So, yeah. Um, Koo, you can just kind of start us off with your general thoughts, and we'll just go from there. Um, so... Actually, Joe, I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. I want to respond to what you were talking about on Twitter the other day. Okay. I saw your thread on Twitter. I wanted yeah. to talk about what you said. Okay. So, yeah, anyone who follows me on Twitter will have heard the basic gist of this. But um, for anyone who hasn't, um, or if you just want a little refresher, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a terrible sign. Um, because at a basic level, like, it's good to have a general manager um, and that they're hiring one now is a good thing. But it's hard to label it as anything but bizarre and weird because... So if you remember, when Ed Stefanski was first brought in, um, he was supposed to hire both a coach and a general manager. That was the plan when he was first brought in. And obviously he hired Dwayne Casey as coach, but then they ended up just not hiring general manager. And remember that at the time, there was like a three-month stretch where a lot of people were like losing their minds about, why don't they have a general manager yet? And then everyone was like, no, nah, Stefanski is a general manager. He just, they just haven't, you know, it's purely formality that he doesn't have that as his title. He's in charge. He's calling all the shots and such. And so they did that for the last two years. And it's just a little bit, it's weird that, you know, they spend two years saying, yeah, I mean, technically he's not the general manager, but for all intents and purposes, he is. He's doing all the things that a general manager does, um, you know, and saying that, so we don't need a general manager. And now this summer to decide, okay, now we need an actual general manager. And kind of the one reason that I gave that would make some sense as to all this would be if they recruited, if they basically promoted someone from the inside. Um, the most popular option for that seemed to be Malik Rose, who's been assistant general manager, I think, the last 
he might have just been promoted this year. But he was a guy that a lot of people thought they were sort of grooming for that spot. But in both of the stories that were written about it suggested that they're definitely going to be looking to bring in someone from the outside. So, yeah, I mean, it's not automatically a terrible thing. But there's no way that it's not weird. And we can get into, you know, sort of why it might actually be a bad thing. But I, there's no way to frame it other than being kind of bizarre that you spend two years insisting, no, Ed Stefanski is the general manager and he's doing fine, to then now decide that, oh, now we need a general manager. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, I that's really the best way to put it. It's not, at a base level, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly weird. And, yeah, so... There, there's there's my main point, so now you can go ahead and say what you want to say. All right, well, I'll say it. I think that it's, I think it absolutely is something. Now, I've been leaning towards saying this. I'm actually I'm making a video about it, um, so I won't go all the way in on it, but I think it's definitely Piston fans and anyone who follows the Pistons need to be a little bit concerned in my opinion at least a little bit concerned i'm more than a little bit concerned but if you're not at least a little bit concerned about what's going on i don't know if you're like being a fan and choosing just not to see like why you need to be concerned because that under the reason joe's talking about so duncan smith tweeted this like two days ago and i agreed with him one it doesn't really make sense to me in my opinion or like even at the okay, so even at the moment when they traded Andre, even at the point, I think I was highly critical. I'm pretty sure Joe also was highly critical. Like even that move right there didn't make much sense to me. It still doesn't. Like I understand everyone says, oh, you get the cap space. Well, you could have got the cap space this summer. You probably could have got a better offer. And I promise you, you wouldn't have gotten a worse offer by then. So even at that point, it's like a questionable decision. Now the guy who makes that decision. It almost seems like he's trying to like slowly ease his way out the door in case this like blows up. He doesn't get like framed for it, like uh, blamed for it. And like also, and this is my belief. Duncan didn't say it, but this is me. If you were planning on hiring hiring a GM this off season, I would why why not just let the GM this off season make the move, the franchise altering moves. Like these weren't just like Reggie Bullock moves or Stanley Johnson moves that we made last or two years ago. These are. This was like a franchise-altering move that was made with Andre. So why wouldn't you let the GM who's coming in that you're planning on signing make this decision and see if he can find a better deal or if he wants to what he wants to do with it? That's one. Two. I mentioned this in my video I dropped today on my YouTube. Um, Pistons are not the Spurs. The Pistons are also not the New England Patriots of the NBA. They're far from it. So the Pistons doing this whole. Oh, you guys, you guys, everyone else in the NBA is going to zig and we're going to zag. Like, this whole thing of not having a GM the past two years already was like a bit confusing and, like, a bit bizarre and, like, not – I mean, we've been led to believe that Ed Stefanski, quote-unquote, is the GM. He just doesn't have the tag. He's just a senior advisor, which, like, you don't be seeing other, like, organizations do. Like, they just don't do that type of thing. So even if we want to, like, normalize it, they just don't do it. So that in and of itself at first wasn't, wasn't technically bad, I would say, but it definitely was, like, a little bit of a head-scratch for, like, uh – Okay, and then now with all this, it's just like it's like the Pistons are trying to do something. I feel like the Pistons are a little lost, honestly. I'm not I'm not completely confident that they know what they're doing. And like the last time I, I threw this joke out there, the last time you saw the Pistons try Zach, while everybody else was like, 
we got stuck with Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andre Drummond in our front lineup, and that was like that that like did not work. So if you're not at least a little bit concerned about this, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Like I said, I'm uh, I'm really concerned, and honestly, um, if it is oh if it is like in effect, like me personally, I believe just from like before we see anything happen, just my quick prediction, I think that. No matter what they say, I know Woj said something about, oh, it's going to be headed by, uh, the search is going to be headed by Stefanski himself, and uh, he's still going to be a part of it, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't believe that. I think he may be part of the search, but I think if we get a GM, you're going to slowly but surely see him, like, lose, like, ease his way out, try to leave. And it's just, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it, I think this raises a lot more questions than it does any kind of answers with this team. And I don't think that, whether it's the fan and the biggest thing, obviously at the end of it, at, at the end of the day, which I feel is that whether it's the Fansky or at the new GM, the way this, the way this roster is built right now, the moves that have been made that, you know, I, I mean, I don't care. I mean, me and Joe, I don't know. I think me and Joe disagreed on it. I think me and Joe have talked about this and we've disagreed, but I don't know. We could maybe hit on it a little bit, but as long as the multiple questionable moves for me is Kyrie Thomas training up for him. Then you got the, uh, you got the, obviously the Andre Drummond trade, which I don't care. I'm still questioning to this day. Not even about me just wanting Andre to stay. It's just like the move itself didn't make much sense. And then one that's starting to become even more like annoying for me, which I understand some people are saying, oh, it's just hindsight. I don't believe that because I was saying we should have done it at the time. Um, the trade that with Davida Savitas, that like the multiple second round picks that we traded for him and. The reason why that happened is because we opted against, like twice we opted against going after Kevin Porter Jr., which obviously is no guarantee even if we keep the 30th pick that that's who we pick. But he was there, and he's obviously the most popular name, and we passed on him twice, 15 and 30. And he looks like that he's going to be a really good prospect, and he's gotten better each month of the NBA season until it was suspended. So there's been multiple moves before this that have me questioning this front office. And now that the fact that, for me, it seems like he's slowly trying to ease his way out and now we're getting someone new. No matter who it is, I don't see the Pistons being very successful for the next 10. Like, I, I can't see, like, a real successful thing happening in the next 10 years anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so to touch on your sort of first, your main second point of that, it was kind of weird when they, that they didn't have an actual GM the past years. It ended up, I ended up, it's weird now. Now it's weird that they didn't have a GM the past two years. Because initially it was very clearly sold as, no, Ed Stefanski is the GM. It's purely a title thing, right? That's all it is. And so once again, it's strange now to think, so why did you not need a GM the past two years, but now you think you do need a GM in addition to Ed Stefanski? And I do agree with you that sort of the larger point here is not necessarily about... Um, you know, how, what they've done right or wrong the last two years, or what we think they're going to do, you know, whoever they hire. The larger worry to me is definitely the idea that does the franchise have a clear idea of what they want to do? And, and this is something that we've brought up before, um, particularly around this past trade deadline. It was, we complained about it a bunch is, you know, for all of his faults, when Stan Van Gundy was in charge in here, we knew exactly what the goal was, right? 
there's a very clear there's a very clear angle, there's a very clear direction that the team was going in, or at least attempting to go in. Obviously, along the way, they made some pretty big mistakes. Uh, you know, signing John Luer, which that's partially injury, but like signing Boban Marjanovic when you could have just had Aaron Baines, who was a better player for cheaper for another year. Um, you know, the various things, some of basically all of his draft picks, other than Luke Kennard and even Luke Kennard, you could have had Donovan Mitchell instead. You know, lots of bad decisions were made along the way, but you had a clear goal in mind. You had a clear direction in mind. We knew from the start what they were trying to do. And, you know, obviously the execution of a plan is the hard part, but you'll definitely fail if you don't have a clear goal and direction as a franchise, especially in any sort of a rebuild. And, yeah, that's the thing that's most concerning to me about this, is that it kind of continues to show that maybe there isn't any clear direction. You know, that the last two years, they just kind of were like, well, we're just going to kind of throw shit at the wall for two years until we're able to totally tear it down, right? And, you know, that was our main complaint about at the trade deadline. And so Ed Stefanski, after the deadline, says, yeah, well, we maybe could have pushed to get a couple of second-round picks or something like that for some of our guys, but we just decided not to. Right? Like, that's literally something that he said. They literally said, we could have maybe gotten a couple second round picks, but we just decided we're not going to bother with it. And it's like, okay, so you trade Andre like you did, which is a total fire sale move, right? They got basically nothing back for Andre Drummond. But then they turned around and decided they didn't want to bother to do that with other guys. It's like, if they had done that with every other guy, where it's like, yeah, we got back basically nothing, but we got back something and we unloaded all of our veterans that weren't going to be here long-term just because it's a total fire sale. We're doing a total reset. Then it would have been like, I would have been a lot less disappointed and upset about the Andre Drummond trade if that's how it had been, right? It's the fact that they made a total fire sale move when they traded Andre Drummond, but then they didn't do that with anyone else. And, oh, yeah, my chair is squeaking a little bit. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not too bad on the audio. I'll stop moving so much. I'm fat. What you know? It, it happens. My chair squeaks. Um, and quarantine hasn't helped. <laughs> quarantine hasn't made me any thinner. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah. So it really is that sort of. And then the other thing that I'm concerned about, sort of big picture, because once again, so no matter what, the Pistons are entering a rebuild, right? Even if they don't go for a total teardown, right? Even if they try to be somewhat competitive next year. The team is going to look very different from what it has looked the past several years. And it's like, so the first thing is, why would you not let a general manager be in control of these earlier parts? Because there's some very there are some potentially very important decisions that were made. The biggest one would definitely be the Andre Drummond trade, right? They did not get hardly any value back for him. So... You know, would a different, would a GM, if you know you're going to hire a GM later, why not let him make that call? What if you bring in a GM and he was actually like, yeah, I actually think that we could have made Andre work still or whatever. And then the bigger issue, though, is so the Pistons have this offseason Christian Wood and then next offseason Luke Kennard, Svi Mikhailuk, um, Bruce Brown, and if he even is still on the team, um, Kyrie Thomas will all be free agents. Anthon Maker is a free agent this summer. 
right? So five guys that were rotation pieces, three of whom are hypothetically important future pieces with Wood, Kennard, and Bruce. Um, if you want to count Svi as a fourth there, you can count him. Um, but so you've got like, we'll just say three and a half potentially important future pieces and six guys overall, six youngish guys who a decision needs to be made on whether the team wants to keep them and what they're worth to keep for. And now you're going to bring in a guy to make these decisions that are potentially very important. And he has no experience with these players. And I tweeted this the other day, but this is especially so with Christian Wood, because, like, the reason why he hasn't stuck somewhere is that supposedly he's had some sort of attitude issues, some effort issues, you know, kind of off-the-court things. Like, he, people have always said he's very talented. No one's denied that he's talented. But there's been some other things. And now a new general manager is going to come in, and he's going to have to decide whether or not Christian Wood has really matured or if it's a Hassan Whiteside thing where, yeah, he got himself in line to get paid, but once he gets paid, he's going to fall right back into those same, you know, pitfalls. And he's going to have to make that decision without any personal experience of himself, right? Like, if you knew that this was going to happen anyways, why would you not bring this guy in in some capacity? Once again, even if it had been something like what they did with Malik Rose, where he wasn't the general manager, but he's in the organization, he's doing stuff in the organization, right? But if you want to bring someone in from the outside, I just don't get why you don't do that this past summer. And then the one thing that some people have said as a defense of it that is an, a really stupid thing to approach it with, is some people have said, you know, Stefanski's still going to be the top guy, he's still going to be very involved in all this. It's like, that actually makes me more concerned if Stefanski's going to be heavily involved in this. Because now you've got too many cooks in the kitchen. And it's like, why are you bringing... If Stefanski's still going to have the final say on everything, and this, that, and the other thing, then why are you hiring a new general manager? Right? You can't have it both ways. Either, Ed Stefanski's taking a step back, and you're hiring a general manager to make the decisions and be in charge of things, in which case it makes no sense not to have hired one last summer. Or, Stefanski's still going to effectively be in charge... And so you've hired a general manager who's not going to actually do that much? Like, I mean, a couple people compared it to that Stan Van Gundy still had a general manager. But that's because Stan Van Gundy was coaching. And it's important to remember that general managers don't just do basketball stuff. Right? They're the general manager of, effectively, the company that is the franchise. So they actually do a lot of other important business things. And so Stan is in charge of all... That's why Stan Van Gundy's title was president of basketball operations, right? So, effectively, Stan Van Gundy had the final say in all basketball operations, but, like, um, geez, what was his name again? Bauer? Ed Bauer? I can't remember. Yeah. Jeff Bauer. Jeff Bauer, that was it. So, like, it's like Jeff Bauer would be deciding, like, things like who's on the training staff, you know, <laughs> who's, who's, you know, security guards, whatever. I don't know exactly how far down, how small a decision the general manager of the Pistons makes. But general managers run things other than just the basketball decisions, right? And so it's just kind of like, even with that comparison, so like, once again, if you're higher, I'm pr they presumably were still doing those things with somebody. So it's just, just all around. There's no, I'm, once again, there's no way to paint this as anything other than bizarre. At best... 
this is a good thing that is bizarre and shows that the organization is not totally coherent. And, yeah, it just... And the other thing, once again, is that, like you brought up, I'm not sure how much I believe in Ed Stefanski in the first place and the general, like, brain trust that seems to have been running things. Um, I've pretty consistently defended Tom Gores, and I will still continue to do that mostly because, um, by all accounts, he gives the people, the people he puts in charge, he has given them all the freedom to do what they think they need to do, and he's given them all the money to do the things that they need to do, right? And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for an owner to do. Like, look, it would be great if he could be like Bill Davidson where he's at tons of the games and, like, I'm the going-to-work team. And Chauncey Billups talks about all the time that, like, they had a real close personal relationship with Bill Davidson when he owned the team. And Bill Davidson also, between the various teams that he owned, he had a real knack for hiring guys who really knew what they were doing, right? That would be great. But at a base level, the most important thing you don't want to miss on is have a cheap owner who's not going to give you the freedom to do the things you need to do and the money. Okay, go ahead, Kuhl. You've got your finger up. Coo. Speak. He put his hand up because he wanted to speak. Maybe he can't hear me anymore. You don't. What, you talking to me now? Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. I'm telling you to go ahead. Say what you wanted to say. Yeah, my my stuff. I'm sorry, my stuff started to it's lag okay. a little bit. But uh, I mean, the personal relationships. I was gonna say Tom Gore seemed to have a really good relationship with Andre. Them two seem to be really close. Yeah. So it's like he. It's not. I don't feel like that he's not. I also, I just want to butt in and say, I, I'll continue to defend Tom Gorky. He seems to be really active in the community of Detroit. He seems to be really care. He cares a lot about Detroit. So, he, like you said, he's given them all the money and given them all the freedom. That's what you want from a head owner, all these people that want him to be, like, involved. You don't want a James Dolan who's, and Jerry Jones who's too involved, thinks he knows more than everybody else, and now that's why your franchise sucks. Like, everything that you've asked the owner to do and want him to do, that's what Tom Gorky has done. So, that's all I wanted to yeah. put in there. I th- and I think that the best way to illustrate this is so Stan Van Gundy was not someone who minced words or said stuff just because that's the polite thing to say, right? He's never been one to do that. And from the start, even to now, after he's been fired and he's got no reason to be polite about it, he has consistently said that Tom Gores gave us everything that we asked for. And there were several occasions he literally said, if we fail to win basketball games, it will not be Tom Gore's fault. And so even if, yeah, it'd be nice if he was like, you know, around the team more and didn't just live in L.A. all year. It'd be nice if he wasn't like visibly drunk off his ass at the games he does show up to. Um, there, There might be a trend going on right now that suggests that maybe he's not hiring the best people in positions. But at a basic level, I think that he is doing the things that you want an owner to do. But, what was my larger point I was trying to get to again? Oh, right. I agree with you that there's a decent... trust. Yeah, there's a decent number of things, and this is just one more, that are piling up that I'm not sure how much I believe in the overall, you know, however you want to put it, Stefanski, Arntellum, and the other people that are sort of running the team. I'm just not sure... I There's not been much reason to have a lot of faith in them so far. So, like... Bruce Brown was a good pick made by them. 
unquestionably, even if he gets no better than he was this past season. That's really good value for where he was picked. Um, picking up Svi Mikhailuk looks like that was a pretty good pickup, even though not necessarily great value for Reggie Bullock, because I think I still think they could have gotten more maybe for him if they really wanted, but that's another thing altogether. Decent value for him. Um, signing Derrick Rose was a pretty good decision this past year, summer, but, like, they've had some pretty bad screw-ups, too. I mean, yeah, so Kyrie Thomas right now looks like a total whiff. Um, and, once again, they traded up to get him. Davidas, Davidas, we I won't judge too much on that, but, yeah, they traded a bunch of stuff back to dodge any money, um, which wasn't good. Uh, you know, things like Jose Calderon and then Tim Frazier this past year were total whiffs. Obviously, neither of us are particularly fond of that they hired Dwayne Casey as the coach. Um, you know, it's just kind of... And then, obviously, the way that they handled the trade deadline this past year, neither of us were fond of. And so, it's just kind of a lot of little things. And in the end, just like I've said before, in the end, this summer is going to be the important summer, right? They need to come out of this summer in good shape with a clear direction. And if they do them were okay, but they've not given me a lot of reason to be particularly, to have a lot of faith that they're going to do the right things this summer. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm, I really kind of think that they're going to not do the right things this summer. I'm really leaning towards that. I think they're going to screw it up. And that makes me, that makes me worried. Um, yeah, so overall, just the entire situation, it's bizarre, and it doesn't say anything good about the way that the organization is being run. It might end up being fine, it might not end up being a big deal, but it certainly is not a good thing. So, I see you turned your camera off, but you can say anything else you want to say about it. No, yeah, I, I agree. It's, I agree with basically everything you said. It's, it's not normal, and like I said... The Pistons are not the New England Patriots or the Spurs where they could do something different and you not have questions about it. Uh, so them not doing it this normal, and obviously, like you said, the and things we've brought up, they've already done multiple things that have us questioning whether the people already in charge or like know what they're doing or even have a clear direction. Like I'll even say, like I've been saying this for a while. When we traded Andre, and the season continued, and there's all these rumors about oh Fred Van Vliet or Oh, we could do this this summer, or we like these. Even till now, and I understand the season been postponed, and like you can't really like, I mean, I guess do anything. But even now, I still have no clue on like what really the direction is. Like, I like it, they're rebuilding. So are they going to try to win some games next year? Are we are we like are we trying to tank? Are we signing people this off season? Are we just signing a bunch of young players? Are we trading everybody? To, like, are we keeping Blake? Is Blake staying around? Are we waiting till his contract rides out? Because the 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 whole mo uh the whole idea the past two years, like Joe said, I mean now for me it seems like what you said. It's just been everyone's just throwing stuff at the wall hoping it sticks. But what we were told was past two years we're gonna try to win as much as possible with Blake, but while also being flexible in the future. Now I understand Blake's been hurt, but technically if you're going by that idea, Blake's not becoming any more tradable 
so the direction must be changing now. But what exactly is that direction? How are you going about it? I really still don't see that clear direction. And that's the part that keeps me the most worried. So, yeah. And, and I mean, there's also little things, like something like, and I've railed against this a bunch, but like a little thing like the fact that they didn't, that Christian Wood didn't play any center after they traded Andre Drummond. Like stuff like that where it's just like, there's no reason for this. There's no excuse for a competent front office and organization and coaching staff to trade Andre Drummond. And then after you trade Andre Drummond, pair it, oh, we're going to play Christian Wood at center now. You know, we get to, he gets to have a really good look at center. And that's one of the benefits of trading Andre. And then turn around and not, and then not play him at center at all. Right, and this is something that I've talked about ad nauseum, but it's just it's little stuff like that, where it's just like, do they have, do they really know what they're trying to do here? Because it's something like that that would seem like if there's a clear end goal in mind, you know, you're playing Christian Wood at center, because okay, this is where he's probably going to be playing long term, or at least that's certainly where he has the most value. And we want to at least find out if he can play there, and they just didn't, and that's 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 concerning to me. Um, Ku got up and left. He said he said he'll be right back. So uh, I didn't have a lot else to say on this. Hmm. Let me think a moment. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I'll just kind of transition into, and we'll see if Ku has anything else he wants to add on to that when he gets back, but. Just kind of transition into the potential for more basketball games. Um, if it does come back. So it sounds like they're almost certainly going to come back. And then the question is whether or not they're going to bother to play regular season games. It sounds like right now forces are kind of pushing towards a hope to actually play some regular season games. Um, players really want to get at least a few games somehow to tune up before the playoffs. And then also, of course, everyone wants to try and get some more of their money. And, by the way, that's something that even players are interested in. Um, so, like, you know, if you're going to, you know, if, if someone told you you can make an extra, like, $50,000 if you go play four basketball games at Disneyland for a week or two, you'd probably do it, too. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, Koo says he's back. Koo, so, I was transitioning into, um, into uh, talking about if the season comes back before I go fully into that. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the, the GM situation? Oh, yeah. There is something else I wanted to say. Uh, okay, then go ahead. Do do not... All you fans out there saying this, do not bring in Chauncey Billups. Do not bring in Tayshawn Prince, even though Tayshawn's a little bit to a lesser extent because he actually has been over with the Grizzlies. But even still, do not bring in any former players because like Joe said... This offseason, I said it in my video today as well, this this offseason is going to be the offseason we look back in in five years and find out whether they this is what set us on the wrong path or this is what saved us. This offseason, they have to hit it. They have to get a GM who knows what he's doing and will, and is going to basically, like, I don't, it, it built a little bit of exaggeration, but basically save the team. They need someone who knows what he's doing. They have a high pick. They have to nail this pick. This is going to be the highest pick they've had in years. They have to nail this pick. They have the most cap space they've had in years. They have to do use this wisely. Literally, I, I don't want to see no no new guys in here who don't know what they're doing. They're going to be learning on the job. We don't need that right now. 
We don't need no former players. And even if the former player, like, say, Chason comes in, because Chason actually has experience. Let's say he were to come in. He's been trying to get up through the Grizzlies. He actually has somewhat of qualifications. Do you guys not remember what you guys have done to Joe Dumars? That man's won two championships as a player, a championship again as a GM, and he's universal. Like, he's hated amongst Detroiters, and he's, he doesn't even come to, like, any of the ceremonies or anything. Like, the dude hasn't even shown his face around, like, Detroit at all because of how bad he's been hated over how it ended, how everything ended. You want, like, something like that happening with the little players that you're loving from the going-to-work era? So let alone the fact that they're probably not qualified and probably won't do the job that we need right now. You'll eventually just hate them, and then they'll just go from being loved in Detroit to being being hated and not coming around Detroit at all anymore. So that two reasons right there off top, not to sign or bring in any former players of the Pistons. Here's the other thing about that is, so one of our main concerns with a lot of this stuff with the current front office is that I'm not convinced that they're always doing all of the proper homework, for lack of a better term. And uh, so Tayshawn is with the Memphis Grizzlies, which is where Ed Stefanski came from. So the other, like, really big, the and quite frankly, the two biggest moves that they have made outside of the draft was, first, they hired Dwayne Casey, who Ed Stefanski had worked with in Toronto, so he was very familiar with. And the biggest free agent acquisition that they made was they got Derrick Rose, who Arn Tellum used to have as an agent, so he had a good personal relationship with him. And, you know, if they hire a guy from Memphis, that would just continue to stink of Ed Stefanski just is hiring someone that he's comfortable with and doesn't want to bother to do the proper homework to hire who he thinks is the best person for the job. And that would be a big concern for me as well. Beyond all the things you said, which, yeah, at a base level, I don't think that I want a former beloved player to be the GM just because it can make things go so sour. But there's also that fact that it would just stink of Ed Stefanski really is like, it's that quote about, well, we just didn't want to, we didn't want a second round pick because like that'd be working stuff to get like (laughs) it would just stink of that so yeah I agree with the things you said although I'm not quite as hardcore on that like if they really thought Tayshaun Prince was gonna do the best job of anyone that they could bring in I could get behind that but the thing is because Tayshaun Prince is with the organization that Ed Stefanski was in combined with the track record that the front office has shown that it kind of seems like they're only they just want to bring in people that they know instead of like you know actually doing their jobs and finding people worthwhile. That's the reason why that would be most concerning to me. So I don't know if you want to say anything else about that, but nope, that's it. Okay, so we're at thirty-five minutes. So let's just transition just briefly into if they play games. So once again. Sounds like they're almost certainly going to play the playoffs. Um, and they're trying to decide if they're going to play any of the regular season games yet. Um, most of the players seem to be of the opinion that they want to get at least a few games before the playoffs to tune up. Um, and obviously, even for teams that it would be totally out of the playoffs like the Pistons, there would at least be some benefit in the terms of that they could get some of their TV money and such. Uh, help their final bottom line, help the cap, sp- help the salary cap to not drop 
quite as far, maybe, that kind of thing. Uh, so there is reason for it. We'll see. So let's just say, let's just assume for the purpose of this for a moment that um, the Pistons are going to play four more games because I think under the the main proposal that I saw would have the Pistons play just four regular season games. So if that happens, what would be, we'll just say, three things that you would hope to see out of those three games? Which obviously, it wouldn't be a lot. The Pistons are all the way out of the playoff picture. There wouldn't be a lot to <laughs> there wouldn't be a lot to see. But what would be three things that you would hope to see out of those four games? Um, well, one, Christian Wood at center. Yeah, uh, that's one. Two, I'd like to see Bruce Brown at point guard. I'd like to see Bruce handle the ball a lot more. And three. I'm a throw. I'm a throw curveball at you, Joe. This is gonna be the third one's gonna be a curveball out of out of right field. It may be it, it's a boom or bust. Uh, it's a boom or bust pick of mine. It could be very wrong. It could blow up in my face if it were to happen. But I'll say this. I I might I might want to see a little bit of Blake Griffin. Not gonna lie, I might want to see if Blake Griffin's alive because he did say he was cleared for basketball activities. He's been waiting to play, he said, for the past few weeks. He hasn't been able to do anything because of the coronavirus. Go ahead. Throw Blake out there. Who cares? It's four games. Throw it out there. You know, Glockku, that wasn't actually a curveball because I was going to say that. Hey, let's get it. Yeah, well, because he said that he's 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 pretty much ready. So, I mean, yeah, I'd certainly feel better about the world if Blake came, if Blake played in those four games and didn't look like a, 80 year old man definitely so yeah i will i will include that as well as one of my three things i would love to see blake be on the floor and look good and you know one of the benefits of this <laughs> one of the benefits of this of the pistons being in the situation they're in is even if something does go wrong like he re-hurts himself i mean and so he doesn't play it all next year just makes it that much easier a decision to just go all in on the tank right like, if he's going to hurt himself playing again, I'd rather have him hurt himself in these four games than, you know, a week into next season. Because <laughs> at least if he hurts himself now, they know that there's no reason to try and sign Fred Van Vliet. So, yeah, there would be that. But, yeah, at a basic level, I mean, you want to know what else? And here's the thing that I think so many people miss. It's okay to simply want something just because it's fun. Watching Blake Griffin play basketball is fun. So, yes, if he really is healthy and ready to go, I would love to see Blake Griffin play some basketball for those four games. For no other reason than it is fun to watch Blake Griffin play basketball. So that would be nice. All right, number two for me, um, I would like to see another injured player play. I would like to see Luke Kennard play some basketball because we did not see him play very much this year due to injury stuff. So I really like to see him play and look good. Um, and then thirdly, I would like to see, I'm, I mean, obviously I want to see Christian Wood play some center, but I think that ship has sailed. I'd really love to see Sekou Dumboya play well for those four games. Uh, just because he really struggled for what, like three or four weeks. Uh, he came out of the gate really strong when he first started playing, then he really fell into a slump. So, and you know. Dwayne Casey put it very strangely, but there's been some suggestions that he was struggling struggling a little bit mentally with some things on and off the court, you know, just adjusting, which is totally fine. He's 19 and from a different country, 
So that's not unexpected, but I think that it would just be a really good thing for his confidence if, even if it's just four games, for him to come back. You know, he's been able, he went back to France for a while. I know for I'm more than a while. I think he's been back there for like a month or so. But, you know, go spend some time back at home, kind of clear your head, all that stuff, and then come back. And even if it is just four games, just play really, really well. And then you go into next season with a much, you know, a much healthier outlook and, you know, more confidence and stuff. You're not going into this offseason with the thought of, man, I really screwed that up last year. I need to fix all the stuff. Instead, you kind of go into the into the full offseason thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making progress. I think that would be a really, really beneficial thing for them. Uh yeah, so those would be my three things. So, I mean, we can just stop here unless there's something else you want to say. Nope, that's good. Okay, so, yeah, just over 40 minutes. So, once again, um, we really are just kind of hoping for more clarity on what things are going to be. Because, like, I don't think either of us are that interested in just talking about nothing. Right? Like, there's some podcasts that they've just continued to chug along through all of this, and they've basically just 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 desperately looking for anything to say we're not really about that uh so hopefully within the next week or so we get some more clarity on what exactly the deal is going to be obviously if there's any more developments on the general manager front um we'll talk about that but i think until we have some clarity again um on whether or not there's going to be actual games we probably will still be i wouldn't expect anything unless uh yeah, Koo, it's okay. That I'm just finishing up. I wouldn't expect a lot more podcasts until we have some clarity. Um, once again, once we have that clarity, then we can start to move forward with, um, you know, so if they're going to play games, we can talk about what we expect and go more deep into that sort of things. And if they're not going to play games, then we can jump right back into going into full off-season mode. So that's all we've got for you today. Stay beautiful, everybody, and go Pistons.